Monday, September 11th. The Jets and Bills game just ended. Whew. Jake, break down that game for me because I didn't watch a single second of it. Um, I can tell you right now, having Aaron Rodgers on my team, I watched about um, four plays and then an Achilles popped. And then I watched the last five minutes of the game. Um, nothing special came of that game besides a great uh, game winning, not game winning, game tying drive by Zach Wilson. But yeah. Is is it over already? I think my team. Think, not not that my team, I guess, relied on Aaron Rodgers, but um, a rough uh, goose egg to put up. But you know what? I am also glad that it happened early enough to where I just enjoyed my Monday night. Yeah, no, definitely. And we'll go over kind of the prospects of your team because uh, we're going to go over the matchups. Uh, my name is Blake. This is the Northside Story Podcast. You heard my boy Jake. Uh, we week ones in the books. Uh, kind of a slow week, and I feel like every year. Jake talked about it in the betting segment uh, last episode. Always the first week are always the dog days. Offenses are warming up. Usually it's it's a slow slog or there's teams like my Rams that just walk out in week one and just for some reason just shit kick uh, mm-hmm. the Seahawks. That's pretty on par. But like I said, we're going to go over the matchups. We're going to talk about some certain players that had some big moments. Probably touch on who, who performed, who did on each team. And then at the end, we're going to go back over Jake's picks, see how he did. And speaking of picks, uh, Jake and I, we did our picks on the matchups. I ended up two and three, right on par, always above five, uh, below 500. Jake ended up three and two. And we'll, we'll go over kind of where I went wrong in some of my picks in terms of what managers, what players are going to come out. But enough of me rambling on. Let's get to the episode. Matchup of the week, my ass. The Let's do mine. Throw it up there. Yeah, you were first. Yeah. Or Phil. <laughs> Phil's dead last. Oh, no. Steph. Yeah. That would have been nice if Phil started dead last. Well, I mean, you're not a surprise, those two. And then you're right behind them. Well, that's on part right two. But normally I win those matchups. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm telling you. You have a team this year. We'll get into it. You have a team that's boomer bust. Dude, I honestly, I'll talk about it when we get into mine. But I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that scared of my team. My team's going to be beast. Puka! All right. Ready? Yep. All right, let's go over our first matchup. We started with you in the uh, the pre-matchup in the last couple episodes, but we're going to go back to you to start. Jake's team takes the L from QB Sneaks. He gets absolutely smoked by 22, 109-87-50. I'm just saying the box absolutely score, Jake. smoked. I'm just saying the box score. And let's start with uh, the winning team, QB Sneaks. Um, Chris McCaffrey, I know, duh, went off. That was a crazy game against Pittsburgh. I think a lot of um, – I know we play in a pick league. That was a very surprising game. I think a, there was so much hype for Pittsburgh coming into this year. And and I think obviously everyone fading Brock Purdy. But this was an easy get-back game 
easy game for San Francisco right from the beginning, just taking out a big lead. I remember seeing the graphic. It was something like 199 uh, total offense this quarter. Yeah. And then it was like Steelers one. at minus one. Yeah. Something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. Um, literally carried the team uh, balance, balance attack too with uh, Keenan Allen Ravens defense. Ooh, we'll get into that Ravens Ravens uh, football baby and Tyler Bass as we mentioned in the uh, opener just kind of a thrilling win had that big 50 yard points um, I think all the guys that I kind of expected to show off kind of did CD Lamb CD Lamb I'm gonna say he had a, only 9.7 points but I think that was just a product of the game right Jake yeah they're bad yeah. weather bad weather and like they scored two quick defensive touchdowns to start the game it was already like. 20 it was like 26 to nothing at the end of the first like 29 to nothing and no reason to throw the ball around a cd um so yeah i i don't really think is that just an outlier for the week but i mean you touched on that christian mccaffrey had a hell of a game he had a big 65 yard rushing touchdown and it's really hard to beat teams when they have those things going on for them because that you know in our league with a bonus of 50 or more um, for a touchdown. And yeah, I mean, a good week, nothing like really stands out. Actually, you know, one thing does stand out. I don't know if you want to continue to get into some of the other players, but, um, I, to be honest, I mean, I know the Packers have a good defense, like a very underrated defense. I think this year, I'm a little scared about Justin Fields. Not that like that necessarily we thought that he was going to be this guy that's going to throw the ball around the entire um year but i mean i guess i'm looking at it nine carries for 59 yards and i don't know i feel like i I will say this i didn't watch the game necessarily but i feel like whenever i saw some highlights like kind of just you know throughout the game it's a lot of more scrambling and less like designed quarterback runs which i feel like last year when i watched justin fields go off there were like designed runs for him to just hit holes and just go um and so I, i am a little that's why you, that's why you draft Justin Fields is you you expect him to get 60 70 rushing yards um, and a touchdown but when they scored their touchdowns i believe Roshan Johnson had a touchdown um correct me if i'm wrong did Khalil Herbert get a touchdown no that guy stunk <laughs> i feel like he had a whenever i saw i saw no, it was Darnell Darnell Moody had the uh, receiving touchdown okay um they only put up 20 so yeah so, it was yeah, just those two touchdowns, touchdowns. yeah so I don't know. I, I would feel a little apprehensive. I mean, it is a good defense. Um, cool. Everybody had 10 points. Not, not terrible. Um, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, that's kind of what, what you, what you, I guess are kind of looking for. I would just be a little curious to see. Cause I, from what I saw too, he was trying to throw the ball a lot too. And, and everyone on Twitter was just kind of same old giving him shit because he can't throw. Yeah. I, I mean, Justin Fields has, regardless if Aaron Rodgers is there or not, Justin Fields and the Bears have not beat beaten Green Bay since he's been there. So, True. first game, um, granted, it was at home, so whatever advantage you get to that. But first game, and I talked about in the beginning, offenses are slow. Justin Fields and this whole offense, we talked about uh, the addition of DJ Moore, that there was this big focus that they were going to try to make him kind of like what they're trying to do with Lamar right now. And don't even start it on Lamar when we get to my matchup. Mm-hmm. They're trying to make him more of a not pass first, but really incorporate that into this game. So he's more balanced. So you don't get these extended rushes, like you said, or these design rushes that kind of put him in a tough spot. I, I'm going to chalk it up to tough division matchup. I felt like we had a lot of that in this first week. You got a lot of a 
Mm-hmm. Big, big matchups against teams in the division. And that's always tight. He's going up against Green Bay. I am 37 attempts. I do I do see the offense getting a little bit better. Um, but I'm, I'm with you. The the core five quarterbacks that you're drafting in this year's draft, Justin Fields was just on that, that last end of the guys that you had to have just because of that floor. I just hope – I guess I hope in terms of like I was a Bears fan, like – is is this is I, I'd be nervous if this is going to be the model that they seek to be the reason why they're going to win games because in not that they won many games last year uh, with him running the ball but in terms of fantasy I would imagine that the the way that they're trying to shift is probably a little bit more productive for I guess winning games um, but we're in fantasy football we need him to mm-hmm. run and the only other point I want to talk about with um, a Shane's team is he's got that rare, like over the top handcuff situation with Dalvin cook and Brees hall. Obviously Brees hall would start off the game with like a hundred yards with like two carries, like came out of the gate hot yeah. um, right before the game started. There was the, the report came out. Dalvin cook was going to handle the majority of the snaps. I, he won this week, but I, I do looking at his lineup. He doesn't really have a running back that he can just plug in. He doesn't have any running back on his bench besides Priest Hall mm-hmm. and Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. I do worry. I do worry for him that he's going to be playing a little bit of Russian roulette every single week with this Jets offense and mm-hmm. who they're going to promote to be the lead guy. Now you're looking at a quarterback change where Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers been on the Packers. He always got hit both of his running backs involved, whether in the pass game or just the threat of Aaron Rodgers out there opening up lanes. I, obviously the quarterback quarterback Aaron Rodgers being out is going to make a big dent into that New York Jets offense as a whole. Add that to the fact that you got Dalvin Cook and Priest Hall. You're going to be juggling who's the guy I'm going to go with. I do worry about that with him. Um, yeah, I, yeah, yeah just really quick to touch on that. I, I, I think Brees Hall is, is the guy you got to go with. I know it's easy to say that after tonight, but he still looks like, I mean, he has explosiveness. He's still super young. Dalvin is going to be a guy that you'd probably get some catchy, uh, catchy catches catchies, from, catchies. catchies from. Um, but I do think Brees Hall is a guy that I can see them being a little bit more run heavy now since Wilson is going to be yeah. the quarterback. And I think that they're going to just kind of establish the run a lot of the time, um, which can kind of go into my team and Aaron Rodgers will be dropped as of tomorrow morning. Uh, RIP. RIP Aaron Rodgers. Um, Quarterback killer. Yeah. I'll touch on the the good things that I saw from my team because um, there's only a couple of them and then we'll get into the rest. But I, I feel like this might be the first year in quite a while where I have like two legit running backs. Um, and I know Aaron Jones, I guess. I don't know if he has a designation. on. He does not um, yet. He, well, he, no, he came does. out on Twitter. So, so he, he does. So I guess this doesn't have designations on in the scoreboard area in our league. But if I go mm-hmm. to my team, Aaron Jones is questionable already. Um, and he's still being evaluated, I guess, because uh, well, this I is Monday at one thirty. I think the question will automatically hits your player once they are removed from a game. So but I, I saw a tweet came, uh, with an interview from Aaron Jones and he pretty much talked about um it's a re-aggravated injury, something that he's experienced early in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, he talked about like the sensation that happened when the injury occurred and it wasn't as bad as it was previously. He talked about that 
if this was a dire situation or this was a big game that he could have he could have sucked it up and got out there. Who knows? It's a hamstring it's a issue. Hamstring. Which I, that's that's which, always a thing. Hamstring which, growings are always just what I'm not looking yeah. forward to. So that's going to be a definitely a wait and see. But yeah, I agree with you. I mean, you whatever whatever iffy iffy uh, thoughts you had about Bijan going into the year, especially with Tyler Algier, I feel like you're. I I almost feel like Bijan got the game that I think Jameer Gibbs owners wish uh, mm-hmm. that he had where there's obviously competition in the backfield. Um, I think, I think more, more hype was on David Montgomery and him pushing Jameer Gibbs than it was Tyler Algier. But I believe you and I both kind of spearheaded the the presence of Tyler Algier in this offense and his involvement. Definitely it was. And he was involved. He also had a pretty nice game himself, but sure. where Bijan came in was just, just get the guy throw, throw a little screen pass to him out in the flat and let him get to work and boy did he get to work so that seeing that <laughs> i was at one of the only fourth passes uh four completions the whole game seeing that he is that they're that they're willing even with a guy like tyler Algier in the back that will get his motor will get his own Bijan just needs Bijan just needs like at least 15 touches and yeah. he's gonna he's gonna have a good game i mean he only had 10 um just crazy pass. well I mean, both him and Tyler Algier. Algier has, was the one, and he was this last year. He was one of the most effective red zone running backs in football. Um, guy is a power runner. He bowls guys over, and so does Bijan, but they're just different kind of ways that they run. Bijan had six catches on six targets, which yeah. is just amazing for a running back. Only 27 yards, but that's, you know, that one that he caught for, was it, seven, six, it looks like 17 yards for a touchdown where he made that move just looked incredible. Um, but yeah, Bijan looked great. I'm, I'm excited for him. Um, and I think he will, he'll only get better as the season goes on. Um, I would of course like to have that handcuff of Tyler Algier because if anything does happen to Bijan, you have a great RB2 option in Algier. Um, but yeah, um, I'm excited for those two. Now my wide receivers, um, Kind of, I'm I'm surprised with, I mean, Tyreek Hill absolutely took over. That was his yesterday, game. And that was his game. And Jalen Waddle only, Jalen Waddle had, I believe, like 70-something yards. But he only yeah, had four very catches. Efficient. Yeah. So he was wide open a lot of the times too. So I know that that offense is going to be high-powered. So, you know, it's just one of those things that it's just like, all right, on to next week, he'll have a better week. Garrett Wilson, I am a little concerned about. I will say this. He has experience with Zach Wilson as quarterback, and he had a good year last year. Now, yeah. is he going to be where I drafted him? No. No. I think he's already – that's already not necessarily a bad pick, but it's already a pick that's kind of unlucky to that extent where I'm just like, all right, now I just have to hope that he's like a wide receiver too. Um, so that's that was a little bit of a, of a bummer um, because it not only affected my quarterback, who you know I didn't have like necessarily high hopes for Aaron Rodgers. I drafted him way late for a reason, mm-hmm. but it definitely downplays what Garrett Wilson's potential could be. Um, which I think on you know every week, I don't think he's you know better than a wide receiver seven or a wide receiver ten um, in fantasy football. So. That's a little bit of a bummer. Um, and then Amari Cooper, that game was just weird. It's just a, just the weather was terrible. He had, you know, seven, eight targets thrown to him. Um, and uh, that was one of my picks was that that game was going to go under. So I had a feeling it was going to be a very tight divisional game. 
nothing really else to talk about. I mean, some of my bench, it was nice to see Michael Pittman become like a target for Anthony Richardson. I feel like they're going to be down a lot of the time. So I do like him as a backup wide receiver. Perhaps him and Cooper can kind of share time throughout the season. My boy, Nico Collins, shout out another garbage time wide receiver. That's going to get a lot of points. Uh, I think he had 90 yards. Um, I'm not going to even touch on my tight end situation. Uh, well, uh, for people that aren't following our league, uh, Jake did the classic Travis Kelsey's out. Let me put in Noah Gray yeah. and watch him I mean, cook. But what a what a great decision that was because I would have lost by even more because Dalton Schultz put up a one point four. So you know, okay. Well, I think I think Noah Gray only scored what three four points less than Tyler Higby. So mm. oh no, only one point five. Weird. Um. So yeah, not a great week for me. Like I predicted last week, though, I felt like a lot of these games were going to be stinkers. Like not yeah. good. Not a lot of points. I just felt like first week's always rough. And then looking at the schedule too, it was like, man, these matchups are kind of weird. Like I just felt like there was going to be a lot of low scoring games. I believe the under and all the games this week went like 14 and three or 13 yeah. and four or something like that. So we'll see going on the next week. I don't even know who I play, but um, I just think gotta it's just, keep looking ahead. It's yeah, really I just got to keep on looking to. ahead. I will be hitting the waiver wire for a quarterback. That will be a very interesting. I might have to do the spin the wheel um, to see who's going to start every week. But uh, yeah, we shall see. We shall see. QB, uh, QB sneaks gets the win. They go to one and zero. Hashtag free Jonathan Taylor goes to zero and one. He's coming back. All right, let's move on to the next matchup. We got Phil Okamoto, just not my forte, going up against Hot Chub Time Machine. Phil gets killed. I don't know. I'm just blowing everyone out of the water because there were some big, big blowouts here. But Phil loses 77 to 105. Let's talk about Phil first. Let's talk about uh, the law dog. Hmm. Well, we talked a little bit about Jamar Gibbs and uh, – I'm he was he was rated like one of the top in PFF gradings just in terms of just when he got the ball and we all saw it when he got the ball he was electric it, it was it's one of those it's one of those if I had him on one of my fantasies and I'm watching that game I'm screaming at the television all day like get him the ball like yep. like no more David Montgomery crap even though David Montgomery looked great too even though was, Jake's gonna bring it up at some point because I bet mm-hmm. someone played David Montgomery and. And yes, he's better than Jamal Williams. It's, it's apparent because Jamal Williams stunk. I don't this think week. he's better than Jamal Williams. No, I, just I know. Felt like he was just in a comparable situation. Um, other, but really kind of a struggling <clears throat> week for Phil. Just fantasy uh, over the while. I do love, though, it sets up this dialogue. I made it a point to say that Juwan Johnson would outscore Jarek McKinnon. Phil picks up Juwan Johnson, plugs him in. Now, Juwan Johnson didn't have a great game. I think it was a three for 34 uh, stat line right about that because it was at five. Mm-hmm. But Jarek McKinnon, 1.5. Um, I guess we can kind we don't have a lot of Chiefs guys here, but we can at least start the dialogue because Travis Kelsey was on is on Hot Chub Chime Machine. But Jarek McKinnon, um, Travis Kelsey, we don't know how bad that injury is. But after this performance, Jarek McKinnon. And Isaiah Pacheco wasn't out of this world. Is there anyone on Kansas City that you even like besides Travis Kelsey? Uh, besides, well, obviously, duh. But we're talking about the wide receiver room and the running back room. 
I mean, no, not really. I mean, there are some guys that have potential, but they just haven't shown anything. And that's yeah. that's the, been the problem for the Chiefs is that guys like Sky Moore, like, oh, the guy can run really fast. And of course, no one's going to replicate Tyreek, but you would think like one of these guys would separate themselves, but no one has. Um, mm-hmm. And then the running back game, like it was funny. I think the first handoff was to Clyde, which oh, I think God. everyone just kind of freaked out. Um, and so, yeah, like it, it was funny to watch that. And it's like, it, it's not even that they have too many weapons. It's like they have, um, they have a, they have a lot of just average guys and it's hard when you have guys like Pacheco and you guys have like McKinnon and you have a Sky Moore and a Kadarius Tony. I feel like last week was a little bit of an outlier, but I feel like only one of those guys is really going to do anything per week. And you just like, you have to hope that it's yours. There's no, there's, there's not going to be any consistency throughout the season, like with Travis Kelsey, of course, or at Tyree kill when he's on the chiefs. Um, and you just have to like hope that something happens for the, if you play against city chief. Yeah. And I feel like it's always early. You like, you never want to hop on and, and buy a ticket to like the chiefs offense, unless you have like one of the top end guys so early, because I feel like Jarek McKinnon is a perfect example where towards the end of the season, like there was some sort of trust. There was some sort of go-to with him. There's just so many new faces. There's so many, uh, there's so many what ifs about that offense that someone I would imagine at some point will separate themselves from the pack, especially with Travis Kelsey just roaming around the middle of the field, may mm-hmm. open up some options for those outside uh sure. outside options. But it's it's just way too early to be to be uh putting your ticket on there. The other mm-hmm. guy I want to touch on with Phil's team that um uh, I know the points don't look that good, but I just think the workload definitely is something positive that Phil can be happy about is Kenneth Walker. Now that game against the Rams was, was pretty brutal. Uh, they couldn't get anything going. The Rams pass rush was just in Geno's face the entire time. And, but what I will say is whatever fear anyone had about Zach Charbonnet, whatever his name is coming in, I, I as watching that game, it's the Kenneth, it's the Kenneth Walker show, like mm. 12 carry 64 cards. He was, he was, he was running with like ill intentions the entire game. I was very surprised by four catches. And this just goes, this, this is just this ongoing thing with Pete Carroll offenses that date back to, oh my gosh, uh, Chris Carson. Yeah. Like that running back room. And Mm -hmm. I believe when Rashad Penny was the next guy, when they drafted him, Rashad Penny coming out of college, there was so much hype about him. And Chris Carson was like this old, like old running back, but Seattle run runs one running back. They run him to into the absolute ground. And Kenneth Walker had there was no reason for him to, given like last last year's uh, production, for them to really even push it. They like having multiple running backs. And Zach Charbonnet, I don't know what his role is going to be in terms of in terms of this offense, but with three carries, eleven yards in a game where. It was kind of getting out of hand. They started passing it, but Kenneth Walker still four catches. I think Kenneth Walker is a a set it and forget it running back for Phil's team going forward. I don't think he needs to juggle around with Khalil Herbert. I don't think he no. I think he can still wait on Javante Williams, who's another interesting person. And um 
But yeah, I really like Kenneth Walker, and I, I know the points don't dictate it, but I think that's a guy Bill can uh, lean on throughout the year. Yeah, I I agree. I think Kenneth Walker was someone last year that we we saw Phillips have and just kind of plugged him into his flex position. You're like, damn, this is a really good running back. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think he's someone that you gotta you gotta keep in that spot. Just really quick on Jameer Gibbs. I a lot of people like freaked out Thursday night about you know how he's you know all this hype around him and he's not going to be this player. Like people just need to be patient with him. I I think he's going to be very um, he's going to be a very good fantasy player. Um, and I think once they figure out how to really use him, I think he'll be fine. Uh, but yeah, I mean, when you get Jamar Chase at six point six, it's it's hard. Your first round pick if they're dropping a six point six, it's hard to win those weeks. Yeah. Um, so let's head over to Phillips's team. Dropped to one hundred five. Um, a couple of players that stand stand out. Uh, Justin Herbert got a rushing touchdown, so those stats are a little inflated. He didn't throw the ball as much as I thought they would because they just ran. I saw a stat where the Chargers had a top 10 rushing performance, not like yards or anything, but just analytic wise top 10 in the past decade rushing wow. the ball, which is like not chargers at all. Like they have not been a running team in a long, long, long time. Um, but they had an amazing um, running uh, day yesterday. Justin Herbert looked okay, but nothing crazy. Um, Calvin Ridley, uh, Cal- Calvin Ridley is, is back uh, gamble free. Um, I'm I'm kind of secretly hoping not that he gets caught or anything, but he's still betting on games. Um, I always love it's it's as someone that gambles themselves. Once you start, it's kind of hard to stop. So, um, yeah. So I don't know if he's actually uh, if he's actually put it on pause. But for the sake, I hope that he has a good season. He's a hell of a talent, and we saw that on Sunday. He just anytime he caught the ball, it was just. Yards after catch, the routes that he was running were crazy. Uh, him and Lawrence already have really good chemistry, so it was great to see that. And then one player I will also touch on really quick before you can get into some of them, Nick Chubb. Um, Nick Chubb last year, you had him last year. Nick Chubb, and I don't know if he added more uh, to his stat line, but Nick Chubb rarely caught the ball last year. It's gross. And this year, actually, you know what? I will say this. I don't think he added any more after the first quarter or second quarter, but he had four catches for 21 yards. If you are getting four catches by Nick Chubb for 20 yards a game, that is just an extra four points every single week because he is not someone that can catch the ball. Uh, he's got bricks for hands, but he may be something that he worked on over the off season. And they're getting him in on the field a little bit more, but it was nice to see Nick Chubb kind of return to what you know he usually is, which is a beast. What what I found interesting in that game because um, I was checking in every now and then, and I I don't know the first name, last name was Ford, but normally with this Brown, okay, well normally with this Browns running back group, you always had Cream Hunt, you had um, the Jarvis Johnson last year more of your change of pace where you're, yeah, you get the Kareem receiving. Hunt. Yeah. And you'd get the guys coming in, being able to be a focal point in the offense. Now this Ford guy that came in, I noticed he was used more as like, not even a change of pace back, but more of like, I'm going to be a bruiser too. We're not going to give up on what Nick Chubb brings where I'm going to run it down your throat. So I honestly think that, that these receptions that he got, I think it's part of the plan with this team because they don't really have another running back um, from what I saw with Ford. 
that mm-hmm. can just is a leaps and bounds better receiver than Chubb. And if if you're getting three or four catches a game with Nick Chubb, that is it's absolutely gross because this was a weird game. This 24-3, they they held the ball. I mean, they were they're perfect game script, but just add four catches like you said that's four points normally nick chubb is anywhere in the 25 or 20 to 25 touches for about 100 yards and a touchdown Mm -hmm. yeah just added four more just for an extra extra cherry on top and i know i'm suit like i'm always excited on nick chubb because he's just a he's just an awesome guy to have in your team especially in fantasy purposes because it's just you know what you get out of him, but adding the receptions is just absolutely gross. Um, that's who I'm high on. Man, I feel like I talk all the time, whether it's on this podcast or like in my office. One thing that I that I know for sure about myself uh, is that I fucking hate cam makers. There's <laughs> there's not one thing I hate more in this green earth is cam makers and his involvement and just his lack of efficiency for a running back. Now you look at the stats, you see 8.9. The guy had about, oh, my thing's lagging on me. Uh, guy had about, here we go, 22 carries for 29 yards, with an average of 1.3, and just literally fell into the end zone. <clears throat> Kyron Williams, on the other hand, looked way more explosive, mm-hmm. um, way more explosive picking holes and just running through cam Akers is that guy that I swear I was at, I was with friends and we were watching, we had the Chargers game, the Rams games on and everyone, everyone knows cam Akers at this point. He was kind of a darling. Everyone, everyone saw last year and how he was able to finish the year. So high outs for them. So we had a couple of buddies that had cam Akers and they made a couple of comments. It's like, does he purposely run into his linebackers? And it's just, he's one of those guys that got me frustrated. Like, uh, Remember when Joe Mixon came in the league and he almost seemed like a ripoff of like Le'Veon Bell, like he would get the ball, he would kind of wait around, wait for a hole to open rather than just getting the ball 100 miles an hour, picking the best hole you see and just going for it. Cam Akers is going to be the most frustrating running back you're going to have every year. And the type of workload that he had in this matchup is literally the exact same workload that Brian Robinson had in his matchup, which I was very high on this week going against Arizona. I was scared that the game was going to be close. That's why I didn't want to take it in our pickup. And mm-hmm. I was definitely right. But Brian Robinson uh, absolutely dominated the field in terms of uh, his, his, his carries. He had 19 carries, 59 yards. He's Brian. – I'm going to say Brian Robinson is – the modern day Frank Gore, you're going to get a lot of carries every single game game script. If the game script's positive and he's going to get you three yards, you got to hope he falls in for a touchdown. Now, weirdly enough, this touchdown this week came off a reception. Usually that's Antonio Gibson. Now Antonio Gibson was drafted in a lot of leagues in the same spot because Mm -hmm. they just, I, I, Antonio Gibson, I think I still believe Antonio Gibson's getting a little bit on the older side in terms of a running back. Still a little bit more of the creative option on that team. But when you look at last year, they kept feeding Brian Robinson. He came in in the middle of the year due to the uh, the incident that occurred during training camp. And they trust him. They're going to get him in the ball. He's not going to be a guy that I'm going to want to play against in a tough matchup. 
say they run into a team that uh, they're big underdogs against. I'm going to be worried about that. But I think Phillips plugging him into his lineup this week, uh, this week against this matchup, I thought it was, I thought it was perfect. Yeah. Um, I mean, does he really have, I guess Raheem Mostert could have been someone. Raheem Mostert, DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins was the classic, the classic, like 13 targets, but like, like four of them were catchable, which that's going to be a frustrating game all year. But, um, and then the run. Yeah. Ryan Robinson, I think is a very good, uh, running back to have like in the flex slash bench area. Um, because if you have someone go out, I think he's also someone, yeah, he's, he's someone that you can you know put in and you're like, all right, I'm getting 10 points from this guy probably this week. Yeah. I mean, you're, 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 you're getting a lot of slots in, or a lot of pulls on the slot machine with him, but he's going to get mm-hmm. his, he's going to get his touches. He's got to hope that he's not playing in some horrible matchup where they're going to get boat raced early, but team's got a good defense. It's there always seems like they're a quarterback away. You got you got Scary Terry, who I think hit pay dirt. No, he didn't hit pay dirt. No, he you only got, had four four. Points. Yeah, he only had four points. He sucked. Anyways, but the team's gonna be competitive. So Brian Robinson's is not a bad pick. Uh, but that's the matchup here. Hot Chop Time Machine takes the win over just not my forte. Phil, unfortunately, is the second to last place, but 0-1 Hot Chub Time Machine is 1-0. All right, we have Team Fitch against Team Mercier. Love how the name is. I don't think the name is ever going to change. I'm glad. It's at not. this point, I think last year we were both like, change the name, come on, come up with something. But at this point, you just have to roll with it. Now uh, it's nostalgic. So yeah, it's, it really is. Yeah. Um, this one was... The lowest score. Oh no! I looked at I looked at another score. This was not the lowest score uh, of the week matchup, but we do have two teams that did not hit a hundred, which is all always very surprising in our league. Brian with the edge against Sam, ninety eight point four to eighty nine. Now, <clears throat> let's touch on let's let's touch on Brian's team first, only because I want to save. Uh, the best for last when it comes to Sam and this might, the reason why she's never changed her team name is because perhaps maybe she's never listened to our podcast, especially about her team and her name. But first off, Brian, we know what Brian's team is. It is Jalen Hurts. It is Justin Jefferson and it is Chris Olave. And those three besides the kicker, which did put up a great point, uh, a lot of points, his three best players of the week. Um, I believe in my prediction, I predicted those, you know, those guys are the reasons why he would win, um, which did come true, but let's not necessarily talk about those three. Let's touch on the running backs first. Are we already, are we, are we, are we like sounding the alarms already? I told you I didn't like, I told you I didn't like James Cook from the, from the beginning. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of the running back room in Buffalo at all. I will say this. Always, go ahead. Sorry, I'll say this because I know you didn't watch it. The Jets' defense is legit. Like it's they turned the ball or Buffalo turned the ball over four times, and James Cook had a few runs that looked pretty nice, um, uh-huh. and it just showed more explosiveness than Devin Singletary ever had. I don't think James Cook is someone that I would trust as my RB one. That's for sure. 
but I did see some where I see some stuff where I was like, you know what? Not a bad flex play, not a bad RB two, but yeah, where Brian has him as his RB one in the fourth round. I think we both hit the nail on the head, like just not who you necessarily want in that position. Yeah. And that's, that's my critique of him. I mean, I know that he's good. I've seen the guy play and I, and there's a reason why they gutted the, they gutted the uh, David Montgomery and they drafted him. And it seems like last year, everyone was just chomping on the bit. I get the talents there. It's just a situation for me. Mm -hmm. I just, I haven't, I haven't seen, I mean, I've seen Devin Singletary finish as like kind of scratching at a top 20 finish throughout a year or kind of on that, but that's RB two where he was drafted and the hype that surrounded him going to this thing. I just, I was never confident in it. And that's I was just going to say issue. really quick, like there's no one else though in that team. Like we talked about maybe a, you know, a Damian Harris, maybe anybody else. I didn't even know that uh, Latavius Murray was on that team. Hell yeah. But dude. James Cook had 12 carries and then Latavius had two and Damian Harris had one. So it's going to be James Cook the sure. entire yeah. game. Um, yeah. But they're not a team that really runs the ball. So maybe they, I mean, Josh Allen had six carries. Um, so perhaps, you know, James Cook yeah. has that potential at least to be an RB1 on his own team. We just don't see it as an RB1 for a fantasy yeah. team. And then Miles Sanders, I mean, what do we need to say about Miles Sanders? Yeah. So, at, least yeah. he, at least he was on the field. At least they gave him a, a good – he had 18 carries. He honestly didn't have that bad of a game. 18 carries, 72 yards. Uh, game kind of game got out of hand. Atlanta was kind of dominating the ball. I would love to see – I think an interesting stat or a thing that we could probably follow, given, given Atlanta's ability um, in this game to run the ball and, like, take advantage of the clock, they're going to be a team that's going to eat up a lot of clock. We'll talk about it when we go over whoever has uh, Devontae Adams – but Broncos, not Devontae Adams, anyone on the Broncos, but I know the interesting stat that the Broncos this Sunday only had like six off offensive possessions the entire mm-hmm. game. I would be interested to see if this Atlanta team, especially when they get plus matchups uh, against definitely teams within their own division or whoever they're going to get, they're going to eat up a lot of clock. And if you're eating up clock, you're going to be playing a lot of catch up, especially in this Carolina game where they didn't, I mean, rookie quarterback, uh, Really, is not that much. I know the Carolina's a pretty good defense, defensive team, but uh, Miles Sanders definitely got the work in. Uh, any we talk about Frank Wright teams, they always kind of produce. They always produce a top twelve finish. Yeah, Miles Sanders ain't gonna get it. No shot. <laughs> but well, he's gonna get go a ahead. lot of carries, though. That's that's the thing yeah. is that he got eighteen carries, which is a lot, and he ran for seventy two yards, which is not terrible. Average four yards a carry. I think what it what's for me is. This isn't the Eagles as a team that drives the ball down the field and can score within the five yard line. Carolina is going to struggle to score. They're going to be a bottom five, like red zone team. Yeah. Yeah, Like they are going to be a team. They don't have a lot of explosive weapons on the outside. Uh, Bryce Young is is very young. It's going to take him a little bit. And so it's going to be hard for Miles Sanders to really get into a, unless he breaks one, which doesn't happen too often. It's going to take him a little bit of time to really get established as a, as a red zone threat and a, a guy that can score touchdowns. Uh, Tyler Gier was on the bench for uh, Fitch and he yeah. 22. I, that's going to be, that's going to be very interesting to see what, uh, w- what plays out of that because RIP again, I'm going to pour one out for my boy, JK Dobbins. We spoke about, Oh, we, I believe we spoke about just, 
the poor guy just cannot stay on the field. Yep. And I remember it's classic red zone, uh, classic week one red zone. You're sitting there watching the games. All of a sudden, you see a J.K. Dobbins touchdown. And then everyone in the room is like, oh, my gosh, J.K. Dobbins is back. And mm-hmm. then not, not even until halftime, you get the the, the little – like the the bloop thing coming out, I don't yeah. know what it's called, and it says J.K. Dobbins, uh, Keeley's injury. It's just poor guy, dude. I and I swear I I'm making up this stat, but just off of like gut feeling. I bet you there's not there's not a better like touchdown per carry ratio than J.K. Dobbins because anytime he's on the field, he is scoring a touchdown, and then every other carry besides that. He's injured for the rest of the year. Someone's got to look that up. Um, the only other person I want to really talk about on on Brian's team, it's nothing insane because he's pretty deep on wide receivers, but Zay Flowers, I don't know if you watched that game, but definitely there's some, there's some good juju between him and Lamar. He looked like he definitely was one of those guys that like popped off the screen not a lot of like crazy routes. It seemed like they just wanted to get him out in space. Um, Odell had a pretty tough matchup. Uh, he was getting locked down by, I know Houston's got a, some nasty corner, but um, I kept reading that. I kept reading that uh, Zay Flowers definitely was like the point of the attack with Baltimore's offense. And it seemed like in space that he definitely has something. He's, um, but then just the amount of work that he got, I'm interested. I mean, nine, he had 10 targets, nine receptions. Uh, I'd be interested to see what the like, average depth of target was because a lot of that I watched him was kind of just intermediate routes and just getting it, getting it to him, letting him uh, work. But he's definitely some guy while um, Odell's still getting worked, worked up into this offense. Uh, Rashad Bateman was out. Mark Andrews was out. So there was definitely a lot of, Definitely a lot of targets that could have been picked up. It was yeah. cool seeing the rookie get it. And I would imagine, um, especially with Deontay Johnson now being out on Brian's team, that it may be, if that's a long-term injury, this could be, Zay Flyers could be definitely something he can plug into the flex. Um, I don't know. That one just interests me. No, I, I, I agree with you. I actually think um, Zay Flowers will be, besides Mark Andrews, I think Zay Flowers will be the number one target going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think yeah. he'll be the number one wide receiver on that team. I think Odell's days are kind of behind him as someone that's like a fantasy star. Uh, he might be someone that can be reliable at situations and times, but he's he's not the guy that's going to get you seven, eight catches, 80, 90 yards and touchdowns. Uh, but Zay Flowers is someone that has that explosiveness. He was explosive in Boston College, and he was someone that a lot of people were looking at in the draft. Um, to kind of, you know, make their offense a lot more fa- just fast. Um, and he's someone that, yeah, once you get the ball in his hands and he has space, you can just watch him go. So I agree. I think you can look at him in the flex spot. I don't think there's really anybody else on his team that can be in that flex spot now that J.K. Dobbins, Dobbins is out. Tyler Algier, I think, is someone that perhaps you can you really need, especially for bye weeks. I think you could easily put him in as a running back and you'll feel okay with it. Um, cause I do think he can get you 10 points, 15 points in a week consistently. So yeah, I, I <clears throat> agree with you on Zay flowers. Um, and I think Brian, uh, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Jalen Hurts is going to have better weeks. 12 points yeah. is, is very low for him. 
But I will say you're not going to get Jake Elliott at 15 every week. Um, Dolphins <laughs> no. defense, like I think they're going to be better um, as well. So I think you're looking at, you know, this is kind of consistency, what, what Brian is kind of going to get, especially from his running backs and his tight ends. And the only other – I don't want to elaborate on it. I just want to put a pin on it right now in this episode. Michael Thomas, interesting. All right, let's go to Team Mercier. Well, it's not really Team Mercier. Let's go to the Cincinnati Bengals. She has Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, and T. Higgins. We talked about it. Weird game. It was like in a monsoon, like sideways win. But if you're a quarter, if you have a quarterback on your fantasy uh, football team and they got a contract heading into this season, we should have all sat them because Joe Burrow, <laughs> three points. Uh, T. Higgins, um, I believe he had eight targets. It was eight targets, yeah. zero receptions, yep. which is insane. Um, a lot of lows for her team. Jake, I do believe that you have um, – you would like to vent a little bit though on the flex yeah. I mean we talked about this last week and I feel like if some, some of you do listen and I feel like that's all well and good. Some of you listen and you listen to our suggestions. Jawan Johnson, you're Phil. welcome. Yeah. Um, and then some of you either don't listen or you listen and you just don't care what we have to say. I'm going to say it. Sometimes we know what we're talking about. And we gave Sam a lot of different options than Brandon Cooks in her flex spot. Captain Cooks. I mean, more like, uh, I don't know. Uh, what's a, I'm not familiar with any vernacular for um, military. What's the lowest of the low? Um, just a regular soldier, I guess. Um, yeah. Brandon Ayuk, we both said a great option to put in the flex spot. It's going to be a game to where we know Brock Purdy has that chemistry with him and George Kittle. It's the reason why we'll talk about this a little bit. I do don't really like Debo as a fantasy option because Brandon Cook, or sorry, Brandon Ayuk is the guy in San Francisco with he with really Brock. is, dude. Oh um, my god! I also we also said David Montgomery, and we also said that we liked or I liked at least David Montgomery to be more better touchdown option than Brandon cooks. I knew David mm-hmm. Montgomery would get goal line carries or inside the five inside the 10. He's going to play as much as Blake doesn't like to hear it. He's going to play that Jamal Williams role and he's going to get touchdowns. He might not get you 70, 80 yards a week, but he's going to get those red zone opportunities. So, you know, if she plays one of those two, she wins. Now in saying all of this, this does not happen this close, if it isn't for an anomaly that won't happen this year, a 38-point performance by a defense. Absolutely insane. Um, it also sucked because Graham Gano, the kicker that she has, had negative four. So if you swap those around, I, I guess technically the Cowboys necessarily wouldn't have had multiple you know, defensive touchdowns off of blocked kicks and all that stuff. But um yeah, rough week for Sam because the the win was sitting right there. And also another one, Joe Burrow hasn't played football since last season. No training yeah. camp, no practicing, no preseason. And you have Kirk Cousins sitting there at home in a dome. So, you know, those are some – that is that is what's what's frustrating about fantasy football is that the win is lit, was literally right here. It was right here sitting, waiting for her, but just not – not the Sam that we know and love as far as maximizing her team's potential. Yeah, weird amount of like like looking at her teams, like 
You got the Cincy. Okay, you got the Cincy game pretty much in a monsoon. You got the Minnesota game with Alexander Madison, who he really didn't touch the ball that much. I think he was only ran it 13 times, which is like a little scary. But that was a I weird. Say this, Tampa Bay like had like I, I bet on the second half of that game over the points. I think Tampa Bay had like 10 to 15 minutes of or no more than that, 15 to 20 minutes of game time, like in the second half. They dominated time of possession. Yeah. So just but still, in terms of just the grand scope, uh just a funky, weird game. You had the the game that just ended right now, Buffalo, New York. Just it was almost gonna get delayed because of weather. Uh mm. Pittsburgh, San Francisco, but our boy Patty, I believe he got one catch for a touchdown. Cooks, <laughs> and then you got Cooks, Cowboys defense, and Gunnell. That game was just an all timer, just um, monsoon going out. Sunday, yeah. Sunday night stinker yeah. that we all love. So, just a weird week from her. We do expect a lot out of her because she's sneakily the best regular season and probably the most consistent owner in our league. But that can only get you so far. I need to see more. Can from only get, team. I need to see definitely. More. Definitely need she needs to listen to the pod. It really comes down to that. Team Mercier with the L. She goes 0-1. Fitch 1-0. Still missing the playoffs. We got the notorious getting the win. We were Jake and I were just talking before. I can't contain my laugh. Notorious won. 88 to 76 over House Targaryen. Now one team has Tyreek Hill, the other team doesn't. The team that has Dallas Goddard. <laughs> one team has Dallas Goddard, uh, the fourth wide receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Christian Kirk, uh, Damian Pierce, who I continue to just not like. Uh, but let's start with one team. Let's start with the notorious, the champ. He has, uh, in our league, every league's different. You have a different amount of roster spots. And um, you would think that I would know this on the top of my head, how many active players or defense we can start. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So nine players or teams you can plug in. So out of the nine, eight of them were under 10 points. Mm -hmm. So Josh Allen, Josh Jacobs, uh, Rashad White, Tyler Lockett, TJ uh, Big Cock Hawk, Isaiah Pacheco, Steelers defense. What a stupid play that was. And Daniel Carlson, which seems weird because that score, 17-16, you would think that they would kick a lot of field goals. But anyways, now he won this week because he is the owner that had the Tyreek Hill sweepstakes of 42. Now, Jake, you were a live correspondent at that game I was and you talked about it a little bit with with uh your waddle but how broken can Tyreek Hill be in fantasy I mean it's not only that because which was something I didn't realize Trey had until like late last night is that Trey also has Tua so having that stack between the two is yeah I don't know. It's one of those things. Once once again, Trey has two quarterbacks that he can only play one. So it's, you know, am I going to have to go out and try to get Tua now? That's wow. basically what I'm, what I'm thinking. Now I have Waddle, so it'd be a nice little stack with that. But also I'd be going after a quarterback that's notoriously known to get injured. So maybe I have – maybe Phil has passed on the QB bug to me. But um, Tyreek Hill, he is just something else. Like – 
And it wasn't necessarily just Tyreek. I will say this, an amazing game, an amazing talent. But the Chargers defense and just not adjusting to anything really contributed to Stephanie's loss this week. I let her down. Um, <clears throat> but Tyreek Hill is, is a joke about just how fast he is. Just and But the Chargers having, you know, man-on-man coverage, one-on-one, no safety help, blue pass guys the entire game, just bad coaching. I can go on for days about Brandon Staley. But the rest of his team, look, TJ Hawkinson, I touched on this last week. I think this is kind of what you're going to get out of TJ on a week-to-week basis. I'm not – I don't think – I think Tampa Bay has a decent defense, but – I'm just not sold on drafting a tight end that high unless it's a, a, a you know a, a Kelsey or an Andrews. I do like TJ, but I would just and I think what do we say in the fourth round? Uh, Trey drafted him, so yeah, in the fourth round. So yeah, look, Trey has a good team. He's back to back champs for a reason. Uh, has a you know a decent bench. There's two defenses on there, um, so maybe he'll start <laughs> picking up some actual players. But a good team, um, but he honestly just got lucky. I will say this week he got lucky. And that's that luck only happened because of House Chargarian and her squad. Now look, Stephanie, I understand you might not like what I'm about to say. I was wrong about Austin Eckler. I'll give you that. He's now out as well. But I wasn't wrong on anything else about your team. Your team is rough. It's a rough-looking team. I'm looking at these guys right now, and Blake kind of touched on them. You have no one else to help you out on your bench, too. I think your bench combined for 23 points. That's about a half of what Tyreek Hill dropped yesterday. So I don't know. I, I don't know where Steph goes from this. This is, a, this is a rough, and now that you know Cooper Cup is out for four weeks, like Soft Hands said, um, insider information, I will say. Uh, I, I don't know where she goes. She's going to, I'm going to say this. She's going to have to unload the fab money already to get her team back on track. Yeah. I see. We always make fun of Phil with his bench spots, but at least Phil, Hmm. Phil has like, Phil has the handcuffs, but some of these guys on this bench. Look, oh, I, I am dropping every single one of these players except for Jahan Dotson. I would no, I would keep Odell. That I would keep Odell. Um, but yeah, honestly, what I mean, you you take a gamble on uh, Quentin Johnston, which Jake's been beating the horn about this. Uh, beating it's, the drum, it will take. No, be, I like the beat on the horn. Yeah, I like that too, actually. But it's going to take a lot for him to. Uh, it's going to take some time. Well, it's going to take some time, and really, unfortunately, it's going to take a lot of injuries. Mike Williams literally tried to remove himself from the game, but he even came back. Yep. And really that's what you're going to need for Quentin Johnson. Uh, Antonio Gibson. I talked about the Brian Robinson jr. If, if the, I don't, I don't see a lot of games where Washington's going to get blown out this year. I really don't. Antonio Gibson is the preferred pass catching back on that team. And they love Brian Robinson. They really do. Mm-hmm. Odell. I can live with Jahan Dotson. Uh, he was on the bench only six points. It's a weird game. I was always scared of that game. Give me a couple of weeks for the young for the young wide receiver. Elijah Mitchell, I honestly did not think Elijah Mitchell still played football. That that seeing that blew my mind. Um and Gerald Everett, I there's only one tight end to own 
in uh, for the Chargers, and that's Parham. God, I love that guy. Chicken Parham. Chicken Parham, Parham. But still, regardless, I, yeah, I hate – I absolutely hate her bench. I hate Dallas Goddard, zero points. I feel bad for that, but that was – I don't. I don't know what contributes to that. I just. I think it was a poor offensive showing for the Eagles. I mean, we talk about have a good team. defense. Yeah. No. Definitely. But zero points for. Well, I will say Dallas Goddard is the upper-ish Apple, uh, echelon for the tight end. So she. It wasn't like Dallas Goddard fell in her lap or she picked him up at the end of the draft. Like she actually passed over. She probably passed over someone that could definitely have helped out her bench. In a situation like this, where we're unsure about Eckler and his injury, and yeah, I, what do you do to plug in? What do you do for Christian Kirk? Because after what I saw from Calvin Ridley, like I, I don't know why you would ever throw a football to Christian Kirk ever again on that team because of just the the amount of talent and like ETN and Tank Tank Bigsby, like he he looked really good too. There's so much talent on that team that Christian Kirk is not this option is not this option that was that was what that he is not an option that was available to him last season at the end of the season where bodies were falling apart and that wide receiver room was thin there's a lot of talent on that team christian kirk is falling out of favor if i see him on this roster one more week i i don't even know what to say i don't i don't i'm just going to ignore her team because this team is struggling and it needs some help but it does. it's just it's like it's just multiple players on bad offenses. Like yeah, it really is. Damian Pierce, DJ Moore, Ramondre Stevenson. Like, uh, that's not a horrible offense. That offense actually was moving pretty well. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, maybe, maybe I'm just, you know, I have Matt Patricia, the OC from last year and the last few years, just holding everyone back still in my mind. Isn't Do you know who their OC is now? Who is it? Bill O'Brien, Bill, o- Bill O'Brien, yeah. baby. Um, he always makes his rounds, but yeah, I don't know. He He's just like uh, I just multiple guys just on like even like the bench, like Antonio Gibson, not a great offense. Like the Chargers, like may, are, maybe they're going to start running the ball more. Like who knows? I really don't know. I'm still kind of questioning what you know they did such a great job running the ball and they just haven't done that. So maybe that's what they'll start doing. That's good for Steph's team with Austin Eckler, but. If you watched the game yesterday, they shared times with the splitting the ball when it comes to carries. Austin Eckler ran the ball 16 times. Joshua Kelly ran the ball 16 times. Dude, and Joshua watched, Kelly looked good. And yes, this is the best he's ever looked. And Josh Kelly like was inside the five-yard line multiple times. Like Justin Herbert yeah. had a rushing touchdown. Joshua Kelly had a rushing touchdown. And Eckler had a rushing touchdown. So Austin Eckler is not going to get as many uh, – passing catches as well dump offs they had a couple design plays for him but not too many just dump off throws so yeah i i was i'm, I'm wrong last uh this or this past week on austin eckler however if this ankle injury that's kind of nagging at him is something that's you know two three weeks been talking about it for years they use austin eckler so much and he plays in a stadium that is terrible for injuries so i don't know still i just Everything about Steph's team. I'm sorry, Steph. Once again, I apologize. I'm just trying to, you know, speak truth into this podcast. You are not making the playoffs. I'm going to say well, it every single week. And she's not going to make out with a week one victory because she lost 88 to 76 to the notorious uh, House Targaryen is now 0 and 1. The notorious the champ 
is 1-0. The matchup of the week happened to also be the biggest blowout of the week in which Nick Rum Runners Ronnie B beats Blake the Cats hashtag claws up. Are you sticking with that team name or are you going somewhere else? I mean, I'm throwing up the the claws in my apartment by myself right now. So there we go. Yeah. Claws up. Hashtag claws, claws up. up. Um, that is a about a 36-point differential, 35-point differential for this matchup. Uh, Nick wanted to give um, – he wanted us to give him a shout-out with him being the highest um, score of the week. That's the only thing that we will talk about regarding Nick. Just kidding. Well, actually, uh, uh, the only the, – another point is on – I believe it was Saturday night – I bet Nick $25 on this matchup, half of our league dues. So I am currently in the hole. Yeah, you are now paying in this league $75. Um, so Nick with a big win over Blake. Um, this was one that your – did I pick your team? Sorry, did I pick your team? You did. Pick, you did. I'm are we starting sure. with my team? I don't know where to start only because I was very apprehensive on your running backs. I remember saying that last week saying that all three had very tough matchups, Saquon yeah. against Dallas, Derrick Henry against the saints. And then at the time you had Najee against San Francisco. Um, Made the right move there. Mention him. Yeah, uh, yeah sure. I guess. <laughs> um, not that it mattered too much. You'll never know, I guess, until the end of the season to see if that 1.9 is a difference. Um, but three really tough matchups um, to which I just felt like if you got if you don't have those three step up and get you 15, 20 points, it's going to be hard for you to win. I uh, yeah, I mean, let's let's call it out. What it is my team stunk. <laughs> I just uh, Lamar Jackson against Houston was. Um, going into halftime, I think they were up one because I know that I took I took their odds. The end of the game was like minus six, but that game opened up at the end. Uh, Lamar struggled; he had an interception, didn't really run the ball that much, and also fumbled. So stat wise, just a horrible game. And mm-hmm. I think there was a lot of optimism, especially with that revamp uh, receiving receiving core that it was going to open up a little bit. But I think Mark Andrews not being there definitely does hurt him uh saquon barkley what am i gonna say about him i almost i almost had a chance i think at a touchdown on that first drive uh they were they were sniffing around the end zone i want to say it was third and it's like third and three like on the 10 yard line then there was the uh that was they got pushed back five yards and then the block the block field goal and then that game was over it was Mm -hmm. so stupid watching that game but uh, Derrick Henry, the only worry I have with Derrick Henry is that they definitely gave their new rookie uh, a lot of run. Yeah, Derrick Henry still had like a good I, Not on this pod, but I feel like just outside when we just talk about sports and whatnot, I've been telling you guys about Taiji Spears for a, a while. Yeah. I remember him well, from, he came from Tulane and they drafted him, I believe, in the second or third round. He was a very, you know, a, not necessarily a high draft pick, but a guy that who was the backup the last few years that would just, everyone thought that he was going to steal some shine. I can't remember his name. Um, I don't remember it, but when I saw they drafted Taiji, uh, Taiji Spears, I was just like, this guy is a playmaker. Like this guy like has, has it. So I'm not too surprised that they used him a little bit more than people thought. 
Yeah, and I, I wasn't Derrick Henry banged up coming into this year. I mean, he ended the year. Wanna well, be he came, yeah, I mean, that guy's always banged up, but still, twelve point nine. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cry over that, considering like it was just a down week. I got two catches for fifty six yards. I can get two catches out of Derrick Henry. He's going to break one off for like 30. So yeah, well, Derrick Henry does get his, his catches as someone that's kind of had him. It's, it's not just it, their screen plays. So like, yeah, they, you're going to get two or three screen catches a game. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, considering right, this game, considering this, yards. yeah, considering this game and it was kind of a hosh posh of a game. Uh, I'll take that 12.9. Mike Williams. Say that one more time. You kind of Derek Carr and Tannehill. Derek Carr, nine, uh, Saints over nine and a half on the way to the <laughs> NFC Championship I game. Here I come. Yep. <laughs> uh, Mike Williams did classic Mike Williams. He barely played, got injured, came back, and then he got a catch and ran a point. Uh, every week, I'm going to play this game gamble that is Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Mike Evans surprisingly led Tampa Bay in uh, in catches. I believe. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. It was the catches or targets targets. I believe he was at 10, but definitely was the beneficiary, which was wild. And not think Mike Evans is going to be that guy, uh, considering the kind of archetype that Baker Mayfield is in terms of just uh, intermediate passes, like one or two reads. But I, that's, I, unfortunately that's going to be a gamble for me all year, switching between those two or I really liked what I saw out of my bench with Jordan Addison. I mean, kind of yeah. a fun game, but he definitely looked good. Like it definitely is going to give me a pause for thought. Jamal Williams, uh, same thing in that game. He did. He was kind of efficient, uh, but just kind of was just a bad, ugly game. My team was just a. It was just ugly. Just an ugly, ugly week. I still like all my guys. Everything that you said about my match going into this season about it being boomer bust. This is the bust. This is literally what. I'm going to have to deal with. And Do you think uh, you will have a worse week the rest of the year? Will I have a worse week the rest of the year? Uh, we'll call it 79 I was nine points. Are you ever going to I get was, beneath 79 points? I was propped up by Eagles defense yep. and my boy, Blake group groupie. Mm-hmm. Um, no kicker is going to be kicking more games in domes this oh, year. Sorry. I'm going to say that every single time. But no, I don't think so. I I'm, I'm really don't think I'm going to have a Lamar's healthy. So it's not like he I've seen Lamar games where he's had six, seven points, but he gets banked up and he didn't do anything. Like I, I find it hard to believe I'm going to have another Lamar game at six points. Uh, I just, no, I don't think there's no, I don't think there's any shot that I have a worse week than this. And this happens. I mean, it, it, this fantasy football, you have good weeks, you have bad weeks. Uh, especially the roster that I built, I'm 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 kind of throwing everything in the kitchen sink at my starting lineup, um, and we're just gonna roll with it. And I'm gonna lose some weeks, and I lost to the team that had the most points. But let's talk about that team. Oh, and as we start with that team, I'm gonna officially declare that the Deshaun Watson curse is my scarlet letter that I will carry around for the rest of my time. Uh, it doesn't matter if he's on my team or I'm playing against him. If he is in any box score associated with me in fantasy football, my team's just going to suck. And he actually had a decent game, 20 points. I He may be one of those sneaky quarterbacks that uh, obviously public sentiment probably pushed down. Uh, but there was definitely a lot of optimism. I mean, talent that he had at Houston. Mm-hmm. 
uh, definitely coming in. We talked about definitely him coming in midway through last season, kind of just learning on the fly. He definitely looked better. Even this monsoon game, taking 20 points, you'll take that any day of the week. And pretty much as a whole, if you want to touch on anyone in specific, I just want to bank wrap it. My kind of comments on run runners as a whole, just a consistent outing. ETN was a little sketchy. We had a guy at my, uh, at my place, he was doing a uh, price picks and he was bitching and complaining the whole time, waiting for Travis Etienne anytime touchdown. And it was just late, just absolutely late, greasy touchdown. Uh, but Travis Etienne's good. But like Tank's, Tank Bigsby in that backfield is also really good. I feel like you're going to get some weeks where it's like Tank is just going off and Etienne, who wasn't really that efficient until that touchdown came in. Uh, until that touchdown came in, uh, kind of salvaged the day. I mean, 18 points is still great, but that was a long touchdown. It's like, I want to say it was like a 30 yard touchdown, uh, kind of salvaged it. That's going to be interesting, but still, um, uh, there's still a pretty good floor with him. But overall, just a balanced effort. You got a low game from Devontae, but uh, Sertan had him absolutely locked up. And like normally he cooks Sertan, but for some reason, he had Devontae locked up. But I know you mentioned some guys on Nick's team that you have some ill kind of feelings about. So does anyone in particular want to talk about? Um, I feel like Nick has a very well-rounded team. I am going to push back a little bit on Deshaun Watson. I don't think he had a good game. It just helps. I mean, that considering he the situation, ball. though. I mean, uh, but if you saw, I mean, 150 yards, like in a pick. And he used his legs, which is something that, you know, is better than what he did last year because he didn't really use his legs much last year. But yeah. he still – he just does not look like the same Deshaun Watson that was in Houston. Um, so, you know, perhaps that's weapons. Perhaps that's, you know, a scheme, uh, you know, better play calling. Who knows? Maybe just the older he's gotten, the, le- the just the worse he's got gotten as well. Yeah. So I don't know. I will see going forward. I really don't think Cincinnati has like a crazy good defense. I think they're good and they're like average, but I'm just kind of surprised um, that, you know, some of seeing some of the stats and some of the throws that he had, just like there was that interception that he had, there were four guys around and he just tried to fit it in. He's just, he's not that quarterback anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. His running backs, his top two are very solid. I liked Tony Pollard coming into the season and I think he's going to continue to be someone that gets you 15 to 20 points a week on average. Devante, I love Devante. Um, but I kind of talked, well, I did say that last year Devante did a really good job about, you know, establishing his game against the Broncos, but this is one where he never really got going and it was more, um, it was more, was it Jacoby Meyer? I think had two touchdowns. Yeah, you're you're two years too late on Jacoby Meyer. Yeah. That's a your guy, Jake. Yeah. So that was um, interesting to see. Devonta Smith, I didn't really, I don't know how, did he score a touchdown? I'm not sure. Devonta Smith. 14 points. Yeah. points. Okay. Um, nice to see Kyle Pitts score over three and a half points. Um, but there is one guy I'm not a fan of Debo and I don't, I, I'm a fan of Debo watching him play. I think he's a really exciting player to watch. He is that kind of Swiss army knife where he can be, you know, used all over the field, but for fantasy purposes, there are some weeks that he's going to get you mid twenties. Uh, but there are some weeks that he's going to get you below 10. I think below 10 is going to be a lot more um, consistent than in the twenties, of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, Nick's got a uh, Nick has a good team, um, but scoring 114 points as the highest point total of the week, 
I would look at last year's stats, but I can probably say that that didn't like, there's no way the lowest, it didn't, there's no way that the, the lowest highest score of last year it had to be more than 114 points. Yeah. I, I think that's indicative just how this kind of week one slate really was. I mean, it was slow. It was felt like a, I mean, besides certain games, obviously the chargers, um, it just felt like a slow. I, definitely the 10 a.m. window for us on on the West Coast. I would imagine everyone listening is this West Coast, so I don't I don't know why I needed to clarify that. But it seemed like the 10 o'clock window was just kind of a slow uh, slow output. I see big scores. I mean, I got Rams 30-13, um, 25-9, something to sniff at. But yeah, it just didn't really seem like there was a lot of big big pop, a lot of big. Uh, big uh, high draft picks just didn't really perform. And it was kind of uh, you need to rely on a couple of big finishes from your team. And if you had two or three guys that either, uh, either found their ways that found their way in the end zone, or you were able to escape uh, the pitfalls that were Lamar and Josh Allen this week was, was pretty, pretty tough. Um, uh, then you found victories. I yeah, like like you mentioned, one fourteen, especially in our league and our settings. Everyone's settings are different, but mm-hmm. definitely on the lower end. And I I I hope in terms of fantasy football sakes, um, us looking at big numbers and seeing big scores, that definitely we're going to see an improvement. My thing, the only thing I want to say about Debo that you were mentioning, um, Debo is definitely going to be a guy this year that when you're watching Niner games, uh, especially not this past week against Pittsburgh, but like close games, either it's divisional, uh, they'll probably run through their division, but any big game, Debo's going to be the, seems like he's going to be the type of guy this year that's going to win win the Niners football games, not win your fantasy uh, fantasy mm-hmm. weeks. Mm-hmm. Like he seems like a guy that's that's really, like when you see him out there, like guy can block, the guy can pick up, uh, a crucial third down uh, to seal a game or um, situation, very situational. But in terms of fantasy, in terms of just uh, big play, George Kittle didn't have that that big of a week this week. I don't, he didn't really see the field that much. But that's what happens when it's a what's a blowout like that. But uh, certain guys are going to stand up. Chris McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, evident, evident from the from the get go. That was part of that offense, but. Debo's going to have his weeks, but I'm more inclined to say he's going to be winning games for his team, not your fantasy team this year. Yeah, I agree. I, I like I said, and we both said, it's just he's someone that's exciting. I just don't know if he is someone that is going to, you know, consistently give you the points. Yeah, definitely. Well, you talking about points, the cat hashtag claws up. Didn't really score many points this week. He got the L. I am 0-1. Run runners. Ronnie B starts off the year 1-0. 